You know what really bed bugs my mattress? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so the way that like body image, or at least for me personally, is so dependent on numbers. Why should a scale determine whether I feel good about like how I look or like how I feel when literally before getting on the scale, after getting on the scale, I'm the same person? I've never thought of it that way. I just had this weird kind of like existential epiphany type thing. <laughs> I've never thought of it why. It's like this number value also gives you a sense of value yeah. or devaluing your self. And like get, before getting on the scale and after getting on the scale, you're the same weight too. So it's not like getting on the scale makes you gain weight, but then suddenly seeing that number makes you feel worse about yourself. Or, or better. Or better. That a number can make you feel better just makes me think of like this all the numbers from your age to the number of like the amount of money you have to the amount of friends yeah to the like your school amount. ranking the number yeah the number of followers you have on social media like and for some people the amount of people they've slept with <laughs> it's, it's real <laughs> it's real it's like people brag about that coming to you as the reliable comfort of stress eating because sometimes food is the only thing that doesn't disappoint you. I would like to disagree, but honestly, there are some days where a pizza just makes me feel better. Mm. I'm coming to you in the spirit of an untreated mental illness. I did it. You did it. <laughs> You're partially treated. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we're going to do something a little bit different um, and scrap what we had planned. And just go into like a, hmm, an ad lib. A free discussion. A free discussion. About, a free exchange of ideas. Yeah, and feelings and stories. And hopefully there's something that you guys can relate to. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about body image. Body image and I guess body image issues. That issues. go along. Like struggles that go along with just having a body mm. <laughs> existing. Okay, so I think a good place to start would be, and not just for us here, but for people at home, is like think back to like what you feel is the first moment that you developed any kind of issue or insecurity with your body. And for me, it started because I was very short, not was, I am a, not very, but I am a short man in comparison to what the standard of beauty is or tallness mm -hmm. is. And so I do recall that teachers, adults, mainly adults, were the ones that always went, you're so short. And I'm like, um, okay. Uh, like unsolicited advice, like, oh, you should go to bed earlier so you grow taller, that kind of stuff. Basically. And, they, <laughs> and people don't really know your home life. Like I grew up yeah. poor, so nutrition was an issue. I mean, not to say that we were like, we didn't eat, but mm -hmm. I do know that if you have enough money, you can take better care of your children or you right, can eat clearly. better. Yeah. And that does help your growth. Um, but also genetics, because my mom was short. Um, most of my mom's side of the family is kind of like mid range and short. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, not particularly, not particularly tall, but just fine. Um, so like having adults and 
comment on your height it's like uh, yeah i know i'm sure i didn't <laughs> choose this so you think that i went out and chose to be short so that you can tell me i'm short so that you can make fun of me because i'm short <laughs> so that i can go into a store and have like pants be too long for me that are actually supposed to fit or whatever do you think i wanted like i chose that like chose my size just so you can judge me mm. for me it's definitely like weight like shape i guess mm -hmm. you would say it um like i remember my mom tried her hardest to put me in all these different like activities because i was mm -hmm. very shy when i was younger i'm still very shy i just have a lot of opinions now as well <laughs> <laughs> but, shy and opinionated <laughs> it's a confusing mix but she put me in like pottery and like gymnastics and swimming and all these different great activities but it was really like ballet and swimming where i like found myself sort of comparing myself or how i look to like other kids mm -hmm. and then combined with like the comments also from adults strangely enough see like oh is... look at your cute little tummy and i'm like i don't think it's supposed to be cute like that's not the other messaging i'm getting from other people and becoming self-conscious of that so i do think that it does come from like adults who don't are not aware of what they're saying they don't really perceive the impact of their words even if it was well-intentioned to be sort of like a compliment or maybe like just a cute observation they're trying to make then they don't understand how like there could be repercussions to that yeah like we say many times words mean things um and just that to digress a little bit i think i told you about um i had experienced someone that on halloween like had told children um don't say trick or treat because i don't believe in that oh yeah yeah and then also then gave them candy and then made them bow before taking the candy even though this person wasn't korean asian much less korean mm -hmm. um and uh, like other people may not see that but that is a little bit like you are forcing your belief onto a child. You are making them, like forcing them to do something because you feel a certain way about it. Not right. because it's like, it's just your opinion. So you're forcing your opinion, your judgment onto them. This person, by the way, is a Christian and just passes on judgment <laughs> like candy. Like no putting your worldview onto children who, sh yeah. who should really be allowed to figure that out on their own. Yeah, so the exactly. So the key here is that it's an adults, especially a teacher, their behavior around children and what they say and make them do just because they are an adult. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So p we need to be careful about how we talk to each other. I'm guilty of like unconsciously saying things about people that are horrible yeah no and it's also in like the way that we talk about ourselves mm. if that was to be about someone else would Ooh. that be okay and usually probably the answer is no yeah you're right like once i had gone out to be specifically kinder to myself mm -hmm. the way i spoke about other people also changed right because it's like the way that you think about yourself or the way that you talk about yourself if I'm going through my day with the mindset of like, oh, I woke up feeling chubby and I feel fat and like I'm just like a lazy fat person. 
if I say that about myself, it kind of goes unnoticed. But then thinking more consciously about if you said that about if you said that about someone else, that wouldn't be okay. That would be fat shaming. Yeah, that would be <laughs> so fat shaming. Don't fat shame yourself. And then that makes me think of like skinny shaming. Like I once had. Like someone had said, oh, this girl's cute. And um, for me, she was skinny. And I thought that I had the right to comment on anything. And I said, uh, she needs a sandwich. And that skinny shaming is really, really fucked up. Just to be honest yeah. with you, it goes like people accept it more than fat shaming. Because like, look at the way that the world of fashion is like to be skinny exactly. is more acceptable than being overweight actually that is not the right thing to say but that's because i have um issues with not only being short but also skinny mm -hmm. and so when we say these comments about people and it becomes even like it hurts them like they hear it like someone does comment about it and then later in your life it becomes much more difficult for you to try and get out of it like for instance um just going to the gym for me just exercising i would be too shy to go because i had body image like i was too skinny i wasn't muscular mm -hmm. enough and so it took me a long time to just build up the courage and not care about what other what other people were thinking and they weren't thinking anything to be honest <laughs> with you or what other people were doing but it was a process of like getting out of that mindset mm -hmm. so how would you what are some things that you do to help you get out of that feeling i mean it's still a constant struggle because i'm not sure that anyone is ever completely sure that they're only doing something like they're only exercising for health reasons or like they're only trying to maintain like a good level of cholesterol or whatever like there's always going to be some element of i want to look better to look better mixed in there like, if you're not lying to yourself, it's going to be there because we're social animals, people. We care about how we look to other people. Mm -hmm. um, but the biggest steps I've made have just been trying to care less. Sort of the same as you. Like, once you realize that people weren't really paying attention to you anyways, it gave you a bit more of a boost to go. It really did. Just realizing that, like, if you don't care as much about what you look like, then any improvements or any changes you make to your body are just, like, they're just changes. They're just changes. Yeah, I think you're right. Because once I had kind of, like, accepted, yes, I do want to look better. But once my motivation or I would say my intent for exercise changed from the aesthetic um, appearance the, mm -hmm. like the aesthetics of it to the health part of it when I started getting more muscular when I started to get stronger mm -hmm. that was the cherry on the ice cream cake like mm -hmm. to use a food analogy here <laughs> um, that was like just a pleasant result but my primary motivation for it was not to look better but now that I do that's an added motivation that helps me work harder and it really does do other things to your mindset. How when you check your intent before doing something and you are honest with yourself, I think that you can probably deal with it a lot better. That's a really helpful way of looking at it because it's really about mindset. So when you go into a workout or if you start this diet or some other like fitness routine, anything, thinking like, I need to do this because I need to change how I look. Mm. 
that's a very like discouraging place to start versus I want to do this because I want to see if I can or Mm. you know I want to do this because I want to challenge myself to do something I haven't done before like that makes me think of like tracking your progress like I remember when a certain weight was too heavy for me but now I'm like oh this is nothing but the consistency and the time it takes for you to get there Mm -hmm. what it teaches you what it does to your brain is teaches you discipline and that discipline can bleed into many areas of your life exactly I think the best kind of the cherry on top for me for like when I did have a (laughs) before COVID before like level 2.75 distancing whatever we're in right now um before all of the shit hit the fan when I had a regular exercise routine the best part was knowing that I had this set schedule during Mm. my day and that there was going to be like a reliable kind of structured end to my day where I would go to the gym and then come back home and start getting ready for bed and like wrap things up really nicely. Yeah, that structure is honestly what we need. We need that. What actually happens is that it balances out the chemicals Mm -hmm. in your brain because most of the day, most of us just sit like static and going to the gym is kind of for me at least like meditative but also part of mental health for me because it helps regulate my mood and like the well to be short 2020 has been really sucky Mm -hmm. and like the immediate thing i did was started working out like six days a week whether it be a little bit or a lot wow yeah like it'll be between four to six days a week for like an hour every day and that really was my saving grace because I know now that the fact that we can't go to the gym, my mood has changed dramatically Uh and I've honestly been a lot more down and it's been very difficult, like even just exercising at home, which I still do. It's not the same intensity, so you don't get that same relief Mm -hmm. from from like that focus of exercise, the, the way that you feel accomplished after that. So... Yeah, I do understand that COVID has made it mm-hmm. has made emotions for everyone. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably the same reason that like work from home feels so bad because mm. there's no clear distinction between like oh I'm at home and then oh I'm putting in work at the gym and then oh I'm yeah. coming back home and this is my rest time. It's exactly. just all a blur. From the for the couple of times that I've worked at home, it almost felt like the day is longer, doesn't end, and unless I have like a detailed planned structure to my day, I just it's uh, it's inexplicable to how uncomfortable I feel about yeah. like not and having a structure. Feeling like this floating blob. Yeah, kind of... I don't I don't know if anyone can relate. Uh, no, people can relate. Yeah. <laughs> like the amount of therapists that have to be recruited just because of COVID-19. Um, yeah, if there's any time to make money, <laughs> no. Psychology students, now's your time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that makes me think of like, I think after the Holocaust. Um, oh, this made you think of the Holocaust? <laughs> No, like after the Holocaust, like the people that were affected mentally by it was like massive in Germany mm-hmm. that they didn't have enough psychologists to mm-hmm. deal with it. So that type of thing, I think, will happen like in the States, for instance, with so many people, like what, 350,000 people yeah. that have passed away, mm-hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and all over the world, like 
the mental effects of this is going to be long lasting, not only in just families, our society, our economy. It's going to be. No, thinking of like the little kids right now mm. who haven't really known any other method of like school or socialization yeah. besides social distancing and online learning it makes you wonder how are they going to be about like interacting with other people are they going to be okay <laughs> and it reiterates for me like how unnatural it really is to be sitting in front of a computer for like learning or like sitting in front of a computer for a long time not just necessarily a computer but a screen how a right. screen is an unhealthy part because it's the technology is fairly new and being so focused and stimulated on that, what does that do to the development of a child? I mean, I haven't read any like white papers or any scientific studies of it, but I can probably say that it's not that great or we don't know how to deal with it or do it properly mm. because these things are just, at the end of the day, just invented to be addictive. So all that talk about screens makes me think about like social media mm. and how that impacts body image. Because I don't think it's all bad. So a lot of the tags that you can find for like body positivity mm -hmm. or like different like body trigger awareness tags yeah. have been really helpful for me to sort of visualize or try to realize a healthier body image. I like that because it makes me think of like this new strategy that I have, which is to curate my feed. Yes. So the things that make me feel horrible about my body, which are usually attractive men, <laughs> <laughs> because Instagram's full of um, the homosexuals that post half naked, you know, pics and mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, look at my poor, like my perfect body. And then you do feel some type of way, like you do want to look like that. And once I decided to be like, you know what, this does not make me feel good. I need to unfollow this. It did honestly changed my use of social media or at least how I felt after that and then adding on to what you were saying about the positiveness of this positive side of it I now use certain accounts for inspiration and be like I want to try that move or I want to do this stretch yeah. or like this is what I want to look like and turn that into a more like you control what you put into your mind because once you fix what you put into your mind or your body or just choose your inputs and the outputs will take care of themselves. So yeah. I think that's a very good way to help you change or get at least to a healthy, healthier body image. Yeah, and I think it can be sort of exploited or, you know, like misused because I do see a lot of like tags that are like Fitspo or like Fit Inspiration oh, or like no. Diet Inspiration, whatever where if you're only seeing that type of image like the whole very time. lean skinny muscular toned like fit well like those images and that's all you see then you're obviously going to build up this image in your mind that you compare yourself to that you're insufficient that you're not enough yeah that unrealistic unattainable photoshopped cure like <laughs> Photoshop, but curated? No, but like, because Instagram is just manipulated. A manipulated, yeah. Because you're getting manipulated into believing of into like a standard of beauty up to the point where, like, 
um, someone would say, oh, your arms have gotten bigger. Where I'm just like, oh, no, they have it. Like, they look the same. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, Because they don't look like the guy in the picture yeah. that I saw. Or they go, oh, like, your whatever looks good. I'm just like, I don't believe it or I don't see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But other people that have known what I look like in various states of nudity and have seen me. (laughs) (laughs) Bold, divulge. Oh my God, let's go back there. Um, But that have seen me and then have seen the change are like, I don't believe that, but they can see the change. You know what I mean? So that kind of disconnect is what screens can bring you. Yeah, and I, that goes back to, like, your mentality of if you go into, like, trying to work out because you think you need to look like something or mm. you you need to look like a certain standard of beauty or fitness, then any progress you make until you get to that impossible, if you ever get to that point, is going to seem like it's not enough. When really, just comparing yourself to yourself, you've made really great improvements. You've made changes. Exactly. So thank you to people like Jane, for instance. Jane always tells me that I'm handsome. Like she goes, <laughs> you're a really attractive guy. And I don't hear that very often. And mm-hmm. this is not for, oh, boohoo, Ivor. But like, that's not something that is in my life. And I've learned to like, take that from like, a friend and be like, you look really good. And, and, just take it and not go oh no or someone like my friend Winsome also goes oh like I see your arms are looking better or whatever like Mm -hmm. whatever it is and take that with the spirit that is it is given and so I too have now gone on to tell people that oh you look better or you look not better but I see that you're yeah whatever you know like oh I noticed like this change or I noticed you did this thing your skin is looking so much better or anything skin compliments are like the pinnacle of compliments i love skin compliments <laughs> because i take care of my skin you do <laughs> so in the spirit of body positivity what's one thing that you've done this week or in the past week to kind of boost your mental health or your body image this week honestly has been very tough emotionally oh tell me about and it. <laughs> we didn't really talk this week no did we, we didn't no. um but I, it was very difficult to, but I did do at least 20 minutes of exercise. But what helped me a lot was yoga and stretching my back. So that is physically what I did. And then mentally what I did, I started reading James Clear's Atomic Habits, which I've read before, but now I'm reading again. Mm -hmm. And it really does give you a very beautiful breakdown of how your brain forms habits and how you can alter your behavior to basically teach your brain new habits. Mm -hmm. I would recommend anyone that is looking for some kind of change is to pick up that book. Um, I mean, you see it right there. Yeah, no, I see it. I'm looking at it right now. (laughs) It is one of my favorite books ever. I will read it three, four times just because every time you read something, you're like, oh. You pick up something new every time. Every time. So what about you? So this might actually kind of go against, like contradict our episode topic for the day, but Mm -hmm. I gave myself permission to eat what I want. Mm. Mm, it There's felt so good <laughs> and i i'm not like encouraging you know like very heavily restricting like what you eat and always watching your calories or your intake or anything like that but it was just like not having to care about it and like telling myself oh i'm gonna give myself like a week to just like eat if i feel good or like stress eat felt in some ways like being in control yeah like when you can decide you know what, I'm going to do this. 
and I'm not gonna feel shit about yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm not gonna um, like emotionally punish myself for doing this. Yeah, because that emotional punishment is a kind of like a building negative, like self abuse kind of yeah. behavior. Yeah, I'm just really annoyed at this unrelenting roll of disappointment around my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> the roll of disappointment is really a cute name for something that I do not like yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our episode for today. If you found this relatable or if you you know, found it funny, please share it with a friend you think might also enjoy it. Or if you have a story about overcoming any kind of like body issues or what you do, like that's healthy, um, please, you can email us at findisthis at gmail.com. We really like feedback, so. Yeah, if you have any like cool tips to share or like you want to share your own take on something we've talked about, we'd love to hear it on any of our social media, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook now. Mm-hmm. Um, all those details will be linked into the SoundCloud episode, so you can find it there in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And um, we might just start a segment where we can read like what people say or something. Yeah. I like that kind of listener letter type thing. It makes me feel like, I don't know, like there's a more of a connection, not just us talking like to each other. Like we're not screaming into the void. Yeah, like we said last week, and scream we shall. Screaming <laughs> into the void is always relevant. Hey, like, I know that some people's listening and sometimes screaming just makes you feel better. It does. It's cathartic. (laughs) All right. So thanks, guys, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.